You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. All right, keep your Bibles out here as we're in 1 Kings. Uh, passage of scripture is definitely uh, one that you have probably uh, heard messages preached out of before, but uh, the time here is somewhere between 906 BC and about 870 BC, depending on the theologian and what timeline uh, you look at. Uh, the uh, they they say that Solomon uh, died in. Uh, Solomon died in about 930, and so this was some sometime between 906, 870, right in there. And let's go ahead and switch to another mic here. We've got something going. Uh, later, after Solomon's death, you know the story how Rehoboam uh, divided the kingdom. He messed up, split the kingdom, and so it went in from just being Israel to a northern and southern kingdom. Ahab is the king. He is the eighth king removed uh, from Solomon. So he's the seventh king of the northern kingdom, Israel. And uh, we have uh, this event that has taken place. And uh, as we are looking at what has gone on uh, three years prior, uh, God had judged Israel. There were some, there were some things that they were doing that God was not happy with. And, and God brought judgment. Ahab was a wicked king and he was married to an even wickeder woman, if that is a word. Uh, But uh, uh, here Ahab was the king and Elijah pronounces that there is going to be no rain. Now, when you remove rain from a land, you remove life. It's not just a small issue. This is a big uh, issue that has taken place. So this this water shortage uh, causes the, the rivers to either run dry or to run very low. The water shortages, there are no crops that are, that are growing or surviving, uh, which creates a food shortage, uh, which creates an economic, sorry? All right, let me just give this stuff away. Uh, inflation. It, cre- it affects the entire economy. Uh, food shortage goes down. What happens to prices? They go up. What happens to those then that do not have the money for it to go up? Now all of a sudden you have crime that escalates. Because people are trying to survive. So the result comes and there's death. There's deprivation. Crime. Moral decay. People are in a survival mode. And this was not just a no rain for a little bit of time or just a sparse amount of time. Uh, When we moved down here uh, from Washington State, we were used to rain. It was a normal thing. Uh, But we were in a uh, we were in a drought. 
And so 2010, I'm not sure when the drought ended. It was about 2015, I think, was right around when the drought ended. Uh, and they said it was a seven-year drought. Uh, but, but when we came down here, the first time that it rained... I've got video and it was raining sideways. I was, I was walking across the, the, uh, uh, the, the parking lot to come over to church and the, the uh, uh, umbrella that I had was, uh, it's a huge umbrella and it is just flapping like crazy. The wind, I am getting soaked. So uh, I, I created a little video for my family uh, to tell them I was there in, here in sunny California uh, and uh, anyway, but it was just coming down. Now, we're not talking about that there was a drought of rain. We're talking about there was no rain. There was no dew. There was no moisture. So this was a time of, of so much turmoil. And, and it went on for not just uh, a few months. It was not just a season. It went on for not just one year but two years, not just two years, but three years. And James tells us that it was uh, three years and six months that when, when Elijah prayed that there was no rain. So this, this was a time that was, it was very precarious. And, and these people were, they were, and I'm, when I'm saying the people, I'm talking about the people of God. I'm talking about people who, who recognize God as their God. I'm not talking about the, the heathen that just reject God. This was in Israel. This was uh, the nation of God's people. Not saying that everybody uh, was saved or good, but these individuals were recognized as the children of God and they knew uh, the Bible. They knew uh, who God was. So uh, they were experiencing some, some great turmoil in their life. Uh, and, and this time was so critical that Ahab, uh, and and uh, Obadiah, his governor, the governor of his house, that they went out into the fields to look for grass, so there would be uh, there would be feed for the horses and for the mules. Isn't it amazing how wicked people care about animals, but they don't care about people? You know, we live in a land where save the whales, but kill the babies. It's, it's unbelievable that mentality, how, how warped and demented we are. But, but Ahab, he wasn't looking for food for the people that he was the king of. He was looking for food for the horses. It's, it's unbelievable the parallels and how society keeps repeating things that have already happened. So, so this nation, they were in a national emergency. This national emergency had created a uh, individual suffering. Wealth, health had been diminished. Hope had been deferred. Uh, religious persecution was at an all-time high. Isn't it amazing that when there is turmoil in a land, the first people they go after are the Christians. So here we find in the same chapter, 
how that uh, or in first Kings chapter uh, number 18 and verse four, it says, for so it was when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took a hundred uh, prophets and, and hid them by 50 in a cave and fed them with bread and water. So here we have uh, basically uh, survival mode sustenance that is being provided uh, by somebody. Obadiah, uh, though he was, he was Ahab's governor of his house, uh, he feared the Lord. And, and with that, uh, when Jezebel was killing all the prophets, he had the ability to at least uh, impact and save some. But there was a religious persecution that was going on in these days at this time. So Elijah here in our text was the prophet. And he declares that it's not going to rain in chapter 17 for uh, three years. And, and now uh, what we find is that God's people during this three and a half year period of time, the turmoil has changed them. The events that were going on around them changed who they were. They had moved from following the Lord to accepting and embracing false gods. They had chose, they had made a decision uh, from following the Lord to follow a false religion to submit to ungodly leaders. And now, now Elijah comes on the scene and let's look again at 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, how long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him, but if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. This morning, I want to speak to you on the subject, what to do in transition. What to do in transition. And let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would just give us insight and wisdom. Uh, Lord, teach us. Help us, Lord, not to just have knowledge, but Lord, help us to allow what we learn to impact how we think and how we act. And so I pray that you would just teach us, grow us today, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. Elijah here, he is asking them a question. You know, he doesn't beat around the bush. Isn't it amazing? This prophet of God just walks up and there are many things that are going on. Uh, he could have talked about the rain, though he does not. Uh, God had sent him and was going to tell him, was going to declare that it was going to rain, but he doesn't come and even address the rain because the economy wasn't the problem and the social uh, situation was not the problem. The economic situation was not the problem. The health situation was not the problem. He, he came down to a spiritual problem. He comes down and he puts it right there on the, uh, the, the ground there. He said, how long halt ye between two opinions? He, he said, you are, you are halted. You are waiting between the two sides. Uh, you are stuck between two worldviews. What you... No, 
in your mind and where you are, they're not the same thing. Hey, you know, I've seen so many in the last nine months that went from what they said to where they are. You see, there has been a transition. And the situations and circumstances that are going on around us have either choked, they have either caused us to move closer to the Lord or farther away. It's one of the two. In this transition, the troubles that we face in life, uh, they, they cause us to make uh, these decisions. So what to do in time of transition? You see, transitions or changes or intermediate times, these are hard times. The unknown is hard. The unknown breeds fear and fear is the great enemy of faith. So, so here, what to do in time of transition? You see, it was not, it was not transition time. It was decision time. It was decision time. Elijah comes on the the scene now and he is going to put put a question to these people and they are now going to have to make a decision. What are you going to do with where you are at? So number one, uh, I want you to, uh, the, the question was posed, how long halt ye? So number one, what to do in transition? Number one, recognize your reality. Recognize your reality. He said, well, pastor, I am here in church. Praise the Lord. But that does not mean that you are where you are supposed to be. Spiritually speaking, there are a lot of areas for us to grow in, aren't there? It, just because we are here on a Sunday morning or because we are, we are signed in and watching a service, that does not mean that we are spiritually where we need to be. Uh, we need in times of transition, it's easy in times of transition to do nothing. Because fear does something that we call paralyzation. It paralyzes us. Uh, how long halt ye? You see, these individuals, they were halted. I wonder how many felt like they were halted. I mean, I mean, they probably looked at Elijah thinking, I'm not halted. I'm still going about. I'm still doing. I'm still living. I'm still doing the things that uh, I, I have done in the past and life is still going on. But spiritually speaking, they had halted. How long halt ye between two opinions? And people will say, well, pastor, you're not supposed to judge anybody. Well, here, Elijah is telling them that they had halted. They probably didn't like that. They probably did not appreciate uh, that, uh, that uh, uh, recognition. You know, if uh, in time of transition, we have to realize and be honest enough to, with ourselves to realize our reality. Uh, people here were paralyzed. Three and a half years of turmoil had paralyzed these people. Uh, we have seen that not only in three and a half years, we had seen that in nine months. We have seen uh, a paralyzation of not just uh, a church. We have seen a paralyzation of a community, a country, even a world. Everything has changed. It's amazing what is going on around us. And, and here Elijah comes in and he says, how long halt ye between two opinions? You see, there was fear that they were facing, fear of the future. What's happening next? 
Does anybody know? But let's back up a little bit. Did you know before 2020 what was going to be next? You see, 2020 did not change the reality that we don't know what's next. It has just magnified the fear. It has just caused us to start looking. It's like, oh no, what's coming next? I mean, I got to check in on Fox. I got to listen to CNN. Uh, I got to listen to these other news. I've got to find out what's coming next. And the reality is we never know what's coming next. We never have known what's coming next. It's called, we have a God who knows what's coming next. And if we were trusting him before 2020, guess where we should still be trusting him? We still should be trusting him in 2020, 2021. See, there was fear of the future. There was fear of the outcome. There was fear of the outward. There was fear of the unknown. Uh, paralyzed people will succumb to the ungodly advances of the evil. A paralyzed people will, will succumb to the ungodly advances of the evil. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? Because we can see exactly what happened in Scripture. We can see how these people who had honored the Lord, now all of a sudden they are succumbing to all the circumstances that are surrounding them. Ahab and Jezebel were emboldened in this time of turmoil to take advantage of the situation. I mean, how would God's people ever have come to a place where they would have been quiet at the execution of the, of the priest? This was a nation that was a godly nation. But somehow, because of fear, they were paralyzed and said nothing and allowed this persecution to come to such a degree that the priests were being executed. Why were the priests being executed? Because the priests were calling Ahab and Jezebel on their evil behavior. They were representing truth. You know, evil does not like truth. The evil does not like truth. And, and it creates this animosity. It creates this hatred. I'm sure these priests were good people. I'm sure that they were moral people. I'm sure that they were nice people. I'm sure that they were not vengeful people. But what happens? The, the, uh, the, the leadership attacks them. Why? Because of what they stood for. And what they stood for was against what they wanted. They wanted that power. They wanted to be able to, uh, to have their own way. So Ahab and Jezebel were emboldened and their cause was expanded when God's people became paralyzed. Their fear, their uncertainty, their lack of understanding and perception and insight, what was going on caused them to become and respond in fear. So what to do in time of transition? Number one, recognize your reality. Where are you at? Are we, are we responding in fear? God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Amen? That's what God has given us. He hasn't given us the spirit of fear. You and I should not live in fear. 
We should not live in fear of our government. We should not live in fear of uh, health. We should not live in fear of economic changes around us. We should not live in fear. Why? If we believe God, we should be trusting him. When there's a Nebuchadnezzar in control, we still need to trust God. Amen. Amen. Nebuchadnezzar, the king that had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the fiery furnace. Uh, we, we look at kings like Darius who had, who had Daniel thrown into the lion's den. Just, be, just because there is someone of great power that has the ability to injure us, we're not supposed to be fearing them. Who can, who can kill the body. We're supposed to be fearing him who can cast the body and soul into hell. We're supposed to keep our fear and our focus uh, for the Lord. So recognize your reality. Where are you at this morning? Where are you in, in your faith? Time of transition. Be honest enough to say, this is where I'm at. I'm, I, have, I have found myself becoming paralyzed. I have found myself just being uh, uh, just impacted by all that's coming in my direction. And I'm responding in ways that I would not normally respond. I'm responding in fear. And if I am responding in fear, I, I am not having the response to the situation and circumstances of life the way I'm supposed to. Uh, so number one, what to do in a time of transition, recognize your reality. Number two, recognize your reasoning. Your reasoning. We act because of how we think. How long halt ye between two? What was that again? We Presbyterian. Opinions. How long halt ye between two opinions? You see, there were, there were decisions here. There were thought processes that drove their actions. You and I are driven to action by how we view something. Right? You look at a situation, you calculate, you form an assessment of what is going on. You, you form an opinion of what is right, what is wrong, and then you act accordingly to your opinion. And here what we find is you have to recognize your opinion. You have to recognize the reality that how you are thinking is true for you. And your thinking, your opinion moves you to action. Now, I didn't say that, that your opinion is true. Truth is truth. But my opinions to me are right. I mean, sometimes people will say, well, pastor, why, why did you do it that way? Because I thought that was the best way. If I thought there was a better way, I would have done the better way. But since I thought this was the best way, how I think is the right way. You see, that, that is egotistical. 
I am just, I am just expressing what you already do. You just might not verbalize it in front of everybody. Our thoughts, our opinions are what guide us in our actions. And if I believe something, then my belief is going to move me to act accordingly to what I believe. Not, but not just what I say, because there are many people that say they believe something, but they act a different way. They really don't believe it. Uh, if they believed it, they would move them to action. So Paul, or uh, here we have uh, Elijah, and he says, how long halt ye between two opinions? Uh, they were just two opinions. He brought the problem to the forefront of everybody's mind. Uh, what was the, the overriding problem? It was idolatry. Uh, it wasn't, uh, uh, the problem was not the lack of rain. The problem was not the scarceness of food. The problem was not the livestock dying. It was not the economy. The problem was they put something before God. You know, Christians today are not bowing down to idols of Buddha. We're not bowing down to statues. We are not kissing the Pope's ring. Nor do we plan on it. But the Bible tells us that covetousness, which is idolatry. We live in a world today. We live in a country. We live in a society where covetousness drives us to get up in the morning. We don't get up in the morning to go to work to meet the needs of our family. We get up and go to work and we want that next raise and we want that next paycheck so we can buy something that we want. That next tool, that next gun, that next car, that next living room suite, the new carpet, the new paint. Very few people work and earn just to put food and bread on the table. We have as a whole our actions reveal our opinions and we are a idolatrous people. Ouch. Well, it's easy. Well, Pastor, let's go back to talking to Israel about Israel. <laughs> let's move in. Let's shift this. But the reality is we act according to our opinions just as well. They had halted. Uh, if the Lord be God, then serve him. If Baal serve him, he was saying, listen, just get out of the middle lane here. He says, you need to choose which direction you're going to go. And, and, and he said, listen, if God is God, then serve God. Your actions will, will result uh, in your belief system. And, and here they had been halted. Recognize our reasoning. Why is it that we are doing what we are doing? Why is it that we are halted? 
Are we halted because there's a pandemic? Are, are we halted because of health? Are we halted because of a stay-at-home order that just got extended again? Are we halted because of government regulation? No. We're halted because either we're serving God or we are serving self. See, this idolatry, it comes back to just getting what I want out of life. So we can say it's just covetousness, but covetousness is a result of the heart that's selfish. Right? So here we, we find that we are, we, are, we are caught. These individuals, uh, they, the problem was a problem of idolatry. So what do we do in time of transition? Number one, recognize our reality. Recognize our reasoning. Thirdly, recognize our response. Recognize our response. Look again with me at verse number 21. It says here, And Elijah said unto the, all the people, uh, came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. People answered him, not a word. Silence says a lot. Oh me, oh my, <laughs> amen. Our silence says so much. You know, our silence says a lot in our voting. Our silence says a lot in our submission to, to laws and rules that are not legal, are not constitutional. Silence says a lot. They answered him not a word. You see, we have to recognize our response. What is my response to my reality? What is my response to my reasoning? If I say nothing, I will do nothing. If I say nothing, I'm going to do nothing. That means that the, the, where I am at, halted between two opinions, it's going to just continue. And no change will be the result. If we continue to do the same things that we've always done, we will get the same results that we've already got, or always got. And, and here, this, uh, the, the recognizing our response, the situation had caused them to be unsure of anything. You know what? That is a reality that we all have to face. When situations get tumultuous, it really, it's like, okay, where, where's my foundation? Where's my footing? 
What what do I have that's some stable ground? Because everything is sand. It's moving out from underneath me. I lose my stance. I lose my stability. And and here what we find is uh, that these individuals, uh, they had to recognize the response. Uh, The situation had caused them to become unsure. Uh, So let me ask you a couple questions. Is God still God? Amen. He is. God is still God. Uh, The concerns are real. The question is real. Uh, He he said, uh, Elijah said, if the Lord be God, then follow him. So the question uh, can can move into our turmoil. The question can move into our pandemic. The question can move into our circumstances. Is God still God? Amen. He is. And you know what that does? It just gives us some stable footing. Okay. All right, God's God's God. Well, if God is God, then God is in control. If God is in control, then God knows where I'm at. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake me. So that means that God not only is God, not not only is God still in control, not only does God know where I'm at, God is not going to leave me. That's pretty good right there. You know what that does? It's just, it's okay. God's got this. And when turmoil comes into our life and we find fear just coming to the forefront and all of us deal with it, everybody has a certain amount of fear and frustration and and it might be at different levels and it may be at different times, but the reality is it causes, fear causes us uh, to respond uh, in a way of unsurety and and here uh, the situation then caused them not to be sure of anything and their response was nothing. So there comes to a, comes a point when we have to make this, we have trouble making decisions because of our circumstances. And we have to stop and say, my circumstances do not make my decisions. My God makes my decisions. We have a Bible that is true. Amen. We have a Bible that's perfect. We have a Bible that is that is the basic instruction before leaving earth, B-I-B-L-E. So if, if we have God's word and it is the instruction that I need uh, before leaving earth, then, then I am okay. It'll be all right. Because God's in control. And I'll find myself saying, okay, what's God say about this? Not what does CNN say about it. Not what does Gavin Newsom say about it. Not what does the the next uh, Congress have to say about it. Or the next Senate, what do they have to say about it. It is not about what the uh, Dr. Lou or any other health officer has to say about it. What does God say uh, about our life? And I'm not saying that there aren't things that we learn from those that are around us. All I'm saying is do not allow the the unsurety of life to, to, to cause us to be halted in our own life. You see, their response was nothing. And their, their decisions that needed to be made, and they were 
paralyzed from making those decisions. The pressures, the persecutions, the problems, the people, it caused them to, to hold back. And Elijah just came in and put it right down on the bottom shelf. Is God God? And if he is, then just keep trusting him. So what to do in time of transition? Recognize your reality. Recognize your reasoning. Thirdly, recognize your response. And lastly, recognize your resolve. What are you going to do about it? Recognize your resolve. Uh, chapter 18, uh, he, he said here in verse number 38, uh, 37, Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said unto them, uh, take the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they took them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. Now, I'm not going to tell you what to do about that last little phrase there about slewing them, slaying them. Uh, but after the fearless faith of, of Elijah, these people were emboldened. Praise the Lord. You know, you have an impact on somebody else's faith. Somebody is looking at you as a spiritual individual. So pastor, I got a long way to go. We all do. But to, you, to somebody, you are the most spiritual person that they know. You're the only one that they know that goes to church. You're the only one that they know that has any Bible knowledge. To you, you, to them, you are the only Christian they know, the only Bible they know. You are the only, uh, the only connection to God that they have. And you have an impact and your faith and your actions and your stepping out by faith is going to help somebody else. You know what we need to do? We need to recognize in our own life, God's in control. And because of that, I need to have some resolve that I'm going to do something because of it. Uh, after the ex exhibition of Elijah's uh, faith, they were emboldened. After the exhibition of God's power, they were empowered to act. Uh, they were no longer paralyzed. They were no longer silent. They were no longer faithless. Uh, Elijah, what happens? He comes and he builds up the altar that was broken down with the 12 stones and he prepares the sacrifice and he has three rounds of four barrels of water. Remember, they're in the drought and he's dumping water on the ground. And Elijah is acting according to his faith. God responds and so do the people. The people respond. They resolved. And what happened? They fell on their face. There was humility. They recognized where they were at. And they got it right. You know what? We will never get things right if we're not honest enough with ourselves. 
We can lie to ourselves. They repented here. Uh, there was humility. They fell on their faces. They resolved in their own heart. They said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Uh, they renewed their faith in action. Well, how was that result? Because they removed the false prophets. Now, in that day, they slew them all. But what they were doing is they were getting them out of influence in their life. They removed the false prophets. They removed the people that were giving them the wrong information. So what to do in time of transition? Recognize our reality. We need to recognize our reasoning, uh, recognize our response and recognize our resolve. Where are we honestly in our faith? Why are we there? Do the situations, circumstances, scenarios really determine our faith? What has been my response to the circumstances? Has it been silence? Has it been paralyzation? Has it been fear? Has it been faithlessness? Or has it been having faith, having confidence in God, growing in our faith, allowing our influence to make a difference to others? But how am I going to respond? Will I stay the same? Will I reaffirm my faith? Or will I return to my God and my faith? 1 Kings 18, 21, and Elijah came to all the people and said, how long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, then follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Father, I do pray that you'd help each of us this morning. Uh, Lord, help us to recognize just to make an assessment of where we really are in our own lives. And may, may this help solidify some decisions that will impact us in the coming days. Here we are starting off 2021. We don't know how long we're going to have. We don't know what this year is going to bring to us. But I do pray that uh, the circumstances will not just cause us to be silent and to be fearful. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to live out our faith, to stand for what is right and true, and give us the boldness that we need to represent you during these days. So I pray that you'd help our people. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You say this morning, Pastor, Lord, he, he spoke to my heart this morning. He put his finger on some things in my life and I'm going to do business with God. You say, Pastor, that's me this morning. Just slip your hand up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a, what a wonderful thing. Let's not just allow this to be a message where we tuck it away. We listen to it. That was good. And we move on. May truly there be a change of our opinion and our actions will change accordingly. Do you know the Lord is your personal savior? If you don't, let me encourage you, choose the savior. Why well, halt you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, then follow him. And Jesus is the only way to heaven. He is the son of God. He freely 
gave himself to offer a gift called salvation. And he holds that gift out to each and every one of us. If you've not accepted Christ as your personal savior, let me encourage you, trust him today. The pastors are down front. If you're watching online, there's a number on your screen. Let me encourage you to text heaven to that number. 530-290-6444. And we'll reach out and answer any questions that you have about heaven. Child of God, let's, let's not be halted. Let's not wait. Let's not allow the confusion of what's going on in this time of crisis to paralyze us. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.